Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Back with the one and only Mr. Greg Dickinson. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. Good to see you. I'm doing really well, man. So uh, in episode number three... Uh, we talked about buying a business, growing a business, doing all of that. We kind of, I kind of roped in real estate. You're like, dude, make that, make that the next episode, which you were right. Uh, so let's talk about the real estate market. Something that I look at every day. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of thoughts uh, about what's going on. Right, uh, you've 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 had the 30-year mortgage go from three to seven, maybe eight. Some people are calling for ten. Uh, we've seen inventory collapse. We've seen tra- transactions collapse. We've seen price come in a little bit since the peak, uh, but there's a lot of things going on. And one of the things that I believe, much like your business discussion in the last video, is creative financing, seller financing, is going to be the way that m- most deals get done, certainly next year and, and maybe even the year after, because at 10%, very little makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Will we get there? I don't know. I was just looking at the Fed funds rate while you were talking, 10 years at 423 right now on not fed funds rate but treasuries uh 10 year treasury which is kind of loosely what you know mortgage rates are based on and there's generally a delta there of you know a couple hundred basis points but i think rates are clearly above 7% now for most you can get some interest only stuff and some you know uh longer term mortgages just all, there's some exotic products out there coming up reducing the rates but i think the cheapest you can get even interest only now is still in the sixes isn't it yeah, I think there's a lot of, you know, two one buy downs like you use to buy your house. There's some arm products out there. But yeah, generally speaking, uh, as of Friday, 7.32 30-year fixed owner rock, best credit, 20% down. Pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So will they get to 10%? So I mean, as long as the 10-year keeps keeps popping, it's gonna put pressure on rates. Uh it seems like, I mean, we got the seven much faster than I thought we would. Uh, eight is the next level. Uh, and you know. I mean, if we get there, yeah, it's just it's just locking people in. And see, that's the biggest problem with the housing market right now is obviously, you know, most of the people in their houses have sub 4%. Uh, there's a good percentage, sub 3%. Most of yeah. them have good credit, good jobs, put good down payments, those types of things. So how do you get sellers motivated at scale to really affect the inventory or lack thereof that we have nationwide? And, you know, there's a couple of ways. So one, we're seeing some markets that had a lot of influx of people during the pandemic where people are moving out now for different reasons. Um, So you're seeing some uh, inventory levels build in some of those markets. They're bigger markets. You have builders that are delivering units. You know, builders can cut and will cut, uh, you know, faster than anybody else to, you know, get rid of their inventory. Uh, But, you know, that's kind of adding a little bit here and there. Uh, There's some builders that are having trouble selling. Their traffic is non-existent now. Um, but they can cut, cut, cut and get them sold. Then you have short-term rentals, you know, and that was a big thing. A lot of people, you know, bought short-term rentals over the last couple of years and put those in service in markets where you generally wouldn't rent something on a weekly basis or short-term basis. So as, you know, bookings decline, which I know a lot of areas, some people are having issues with bookings right now, especially since the world has opened back up and it's easier to travel abroad. um, You know, that's obviously going to put pressure back on that market again. 
Um, so you're going to have some of those people that are going to be forced to sell because they can't rent to cover their mortgage, depending on what they paid for the property. And uh, there won't be as much demand as there was, you know, in the middle of nowhere for a short-term rental. Um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of them out there. But again, none of those things are systemic enough at scale to really add to the inventory level. So you end up with a problem that we're in right now. And, and uh, you know, some of the people trying to sell some houses in some areas, you know, just can't because their prices are still just just way overvalued. So the only option for somebody who needs to sell uh, that can't and a buyer that wants to buy that can't is to create some sort of a creative solution. Yeah. If I was a real estate agent today and, and I was, you know, a listing agent, which had a crazy easy job for the last two years, today is pretty tough. Uh, I would definitely start learning seller financing. I would ask every seller what their equity position is because again, yeah, you could throw a mark, something on the market in seconds, uh, but that doesn't mean people are going to show up. This is not last year. So yeah, at some point you have to go back to the seller and basically, Hey, do you need to sell or do you want to sell? Cause if you want to sell, let's take it off the market, wait till March. We'll see what happens. But if you need to sell, can I add some language around seller will take back a second or maybe something very popular in the 1980s, a silent second, right? No payments, but there's equity there that's paid off in the future. There's just, you know, if you need to sell and nobody's showing up, you can either whack the price, uh, which actually I just, I just put something in contract for the first time in eight months. It was listed at 269. It was like a 320 ARV. Uh, we got it for 203. Um, you know, so, I mean, if you have the equity in the position, you could do that. Uh, but, you know, maybe the better answer is to sell or finance it. Uh, do yeah. you want to maintain and, some income? Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is, you know, some markets and some people are still reporting, you know, multiple bid situations. Now it's not, you know, 20 offers or 30 offers, but it's six or seven. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's even in my market, I mean, that's still happening where you're getting multiple bids, properties are selling in days. So, you know, if yeah. the right thing comes on in the right area at the right price, it'll get sold. But there's a lot of properties that are, you know, overpriced that are still, you know, early 2021 prices, much less, yeah. you know, the market turned in the summer of 2021. So that was the peak. If you didn't sell before, well, I guess it was, I guess it kicked a little bit more towards the end of last year. Um, the, probably into December, maybe the first part of this year, I guess it really started to turn what February, March this year. Uh, well, if you look at the, you know, the case Schiller and all of those folks, May was the peak nationally speaking, there were markets that obviously peaked earlier and later, but nationally speaking, it looks like the highest number was May 414 nationally speaking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the rates kept going down. That's yeah. So it peaked a little bit last summer, it slowed down, then it kicked back in. And yeah, I guess the spring of this year was the last big push and then rates started skyrocketing from yeah. there and it's all interest rates. It's like you and I talked about the whole time and, you know, I know. Time. Uh, there was a little bit of pushback where people said, ah, it doesn't have anything to do with payments. It absolutely does. You know, that's, absolutely. you know, most people are buying a payment. And right now, going from, you know, where we were to where we are now with rates, you know, it's it's extremely punitive. It's just people are just priced out of the market and sellers are locked into their houses that, you know, locked in those low rates. So I don't know what. So the question is, how do you get motivated sellers at scale, right? I mean, to correct this situation. It's just a very interesting yeah. time because the remote work situation, people don't have to move for jobs. Um, you know, the rental market is still strong in most areas. So if you can't sell, you could rent. Uh, you know, there's just so many things that are different now that just weren't there 0809 in the last few years. Lenders, if you're in trouble, they're going to work it out with you. So if you or yeah, you lose exactly. your job yeah. and with what's going on, lenders, you know, you can buy it. Forbearance, check. <laughs> yeah. 
So, I mean, it's it's just a completely different time yeah. right now. And the only way to do it is to build our way out of it. But you can't do that because you can't sell them and prices are yeah. still high. You can't get the help. I mean, all the builders that I work with, they yeah. they still, their subs are still busy. So it hasn't fully corrected yet. You know, I know they're saying housing recession and all that, but you know, again, that's on the mortgage and the lending side. Yeah, that's a that's so, a transaction recession, yes. Right. Construction is still finishing out jobs that they're working on. The builders that I'm working with, they're not laying off yet. We're talking about it. You know, they're like, hey, what happens if I can't sell? What do I do? And I'm like, well, you got to trim, you know. And, yeah, exactly. Get you small. need to be ahead of that and you need to look at your your trends. And most people obviously are going to get through the end of this year and see what they're going to do sure. next year. But that's where builders are right now. People are talking about, you know, builders aren't laying off. They're not pulling back. Well, they got to finish what they have in the pipeline. And they don't want to let people go in the holidays if they don't have to. So I don't, again, I think you're going to see a lot of things culminate into the first Q1 next year real fast. Yeah, I think, I think Q1 next year makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, because I've been thinking about the housing. I think about the housing market every day, right? That's my thing. And I've always asked, I always ask myself, what could cause waves of motivated sellers? Because again, that's, that's how you break this, right? You can't have falling inventory and have, and have a crazy drop in prices. That's not how the system works. In order to do that, you have to have inventory coming on faster than supplies being removed. And this, you have to have inventory go back to 2 million units or whatever it was in 2018. The yeah. only thing I can think of today, because again, um, there's a organization that talked about 93% of residential loans are fixed below 6%. Right now we're over seven, we're heading to eight, maybe. It's just like, there's, there's no pain there. There's no force. If, if we got to eight, nine, 10% unemployment, and if we were at that level for a year, that might start to cause enough pain where people are forced to sell. But that's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts. Because again, you have forbearance thrown in there. You have un just, it's just, a, I just, I can't right now think about waves of sellers. Could Airbnb cause it? Yes. Could that be local? Yes. Is it going to be national? No. iBuyers destroyed some markets like Phoenix and Vegas. Will that cause pain? Absolutely. But not nationally. Right. There's just, but, you know, I there's saw something the other day. Um, was it Zillow or Open Door? Somebody finally, no, Zillow finally sold their last. Um, yeah, Zillow, I, I saw that. Yeah. Their last house that they bought in their Z buyer program. And, you know, while you were talking, so what's going to get rates to, you know, eight to 10%? I mean, you got to get the 10 year above 5% in order to, you For know, sure. even start talking about 10%. But to get it to eight, I think you'd need a 10 year in, in the fives. Last time we saw that was 2007. So oh, wow. uh, 10 year hit 2006 hit five, it contracted, then popped back up. And that's been it. And the highest we are approaching the highest level on the 10 year right now since 2008, June of 2008. And that was at wow. about well, 4.2%. We're right there just peaking above that June 2008 level. Um, so that's what you need to, to get the rates up that 10 years got to get up over 5%. And we're at 4.2 right now. So we got a little ways to go, but it's been parabolic. And uh, uh, I think you know, we get the there, right? right? now. what we're talking. Yeah, I think we get there, right? Especially if the Fed, hit, the Fed, if the Fed gets their terminal rate, because right now the Fed funds rates 3%, right? It's three to three and a quarter. So roughly speaking, there's a 1% margin between Fed funds and, and the tenure. Um, not saying that can't contract, but that's just where we are today. If they get terminal rate to 5%, you have to think the tenure is over six, right? Just logically speaking. You would think, uh, yeah, but you would think. 
you know, well, that's, that's a ways off from here and yeah. uh, a lot of damage to be done before we get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Greg, this has been so much fun. I always appreciate our conversations. Where can people find you? GregDickerson.com. That's where all my info is. Go check it out. Awesome, buddy. Thank you so much for all you do.